Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Kid Missing Radio. My guest is on her way in. <clears throat> and while she is, I'll give you a brief overview of the case. Judith Judy O'Donnell disappeared from a Baltimore, Maryland bus station in 1980. She was leaving after spending Thanksgiving with her family back to her home in the East Village of New York City. No one knows for sure whether she ever got on that bus, but she had a bus ticket, and (coughs) her life plays out like a TV movie. Just the way I have a feeling she would have wanted it. <laughs> um, she was in New York to become a singer and, and an actress. And, um, she hung out at Studio 54 with all the bigwigs. Um, her sister, who will be joining me momentarily, um, saw her on a Reagan inauguration video. She was seen by other family members and the sanitation workers. Um, And the sanitation workers um, strike video. I don't know much about that um, since I was only four years old. But... uh, So I really don't know much about that except to, to say that I guess it was a very important um, event in New York City at the time, the sanitation workers' strike. <coughs> Excuse me. She also um, was known to be a call girl, both on the streets and high-priced. That may have been why she was at this inauguration party. Um, one has to wonder, did someone traffic her? She running and hiding from someone? Was she killed? Um, there's so many questions as to what could have possibly happened to her. Um, we know that she was turned on to alcohol by a priest who is now defrocked for his activities with young girls, not good. Um, she told a friend that she was sexually abused by someone in her family, but she didn't say who. Um, Julie's mom, Judy's mom and dad, sorry, I guess didn't initially report her missing um, in Maryland. She was reported later in New York because it's not clear whether she made it back, although there were those videos which were in 1981, and she went missing November 30th, 1980. So that's why it is believed, and my guest is here. Whoops. Hi. Welcome to the show. This is Maureen uh, O'Donnell Sanchez. Yes. Yes. So um, I was just listening to um, what you were discussing earlier. Um, yep. Judy Judy was living in New York at the time of her disappearance, and we were um, together at a family gathering in Maryland 
when she got on the bus. That was the last time we physically saw her in person. Um, Because Judy had been living um, apart from the family and had been living, so I'm not sure how many people are on. I can't see that. Um, Can you tell me how many people are in the conversation or listening or something, like just so I understand? I don't know how many people are actually listening until afterwards. Okay, got it. Okay, so Judy was... That's that's cool. Judy was um, living in New York. Um, she was living with drugs and prostitution. Um, so my parents had put her on a bus in Maryland with the expect, expectation she would get back to New York City. And then she had told me, listen, I can't, you know, I'll see you at Christmas, which never happened. Um, there were sightings of Judy after the last time we saw her in person, which was the 30th of November, 1980, she, Maryland would not take the case, even though um, she was last seen by family in Maryland, Maryland wouldn't take the case. New York, um, New York City wouldn't take the case because she didn't have an official residence in New York. She didn't have a driver's license or an ID or an apartment or registered car, anything that made her a citizen of New York City, even though that's where she was living. Things have changed a lot since then, but at the time, those, right, right, exactly. Um, So advocacy is a good thing, which is why I'm on this call, or why I'm on on your show. Um, And so that you can understand the things that have happened in the past with missing persons cases, so that those things hopefully won't happen in the future. Um, Judy's, right, Judy's case, yeah, Judy's case was, excuse me. I have a rotten cold. I've just been at a funeral today and awake yesterday. I'm not feeling swell. Um, So um, Judy, when when Judy was finally reported missing, the case was bungled by the local um, sheriff's department and then had to be all reentered by the New York State VICAP out of Albany. That's why... that's why I was sensitive on the poster. I wanted to make sure that the right information was on the poster, including her name is number. And I'll say this, I'll, I'll like be very deliberate. So if people go back and listen to the program, they can hear it. So the, the yeah. agency handling Judy's. Right. So the, if you go to the New York state police website, that's that, I don't let, can I, yeah, but I want to give you the right, information so you have it um because the agency the agency and her name is number are very important pieces of information um and if you right so if you were just to call the 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 telephone number listed but you didn't have the name or the the name is number you wouldn't necessarily be able to get in touch with the right person even um but her her name is id is 8051 that's 8051 um, and that's um, nameus.org and identifyus.org and find that the, the find the missing doesn't use that. Um, right. And the the agency again is the New York State Police VI VI CAP C A P unit. It's the Violent Crimes um, right. Barracks out of Albany. Um, the caseworker who had been working on her case for about 15 years 
retired um, two years ago, so there's two new guys that are working on on her case. Um, but it's it's a cold case. They haven't they haven't, they haven't worked any new leads in um, probably probably five years. Um, they do have yeah. my mother's DNA, and they do have my father's DNA. They do have my DNA sample as well. I don't know if my other siblings have given their DNA samples. So I did notice in in researching that there were several does tested. There are several um, what's tested? Yes, does many. There have been those. many, many. If you look through, if you look through the um, National Registry of um, Unidentified Persons and Remains, um, Judy has been tested against probably 250, and part of the NamUs program. The University of North Texas. Mm-hmm. I'll back up and say um, September 11th was horrible. Um, I was actually the funeral in Wake. I was at. Um, there was a widow of an NYPD um, firefighter who's re- who, who had a memorial service, whose remains were then found um, underneath the bridge when everything was pulled out. Um, so, so September 11th was horrible, but it was also fantastic. It was through. Um, what? Oh, that sorry. was my so, friend. I'm sorry. Gotcha. It's okay. So um, September 11th, because of September 11th and because of the Heart Island Project, NamUs and the University of North Texas work together yeah, to identify they, they remains. Yeah, they do a lot of that. They do a lot of unidentified remains. Well, now, I'm telling you, you that the reason the, reason the extended DNA, um, nuclear DNA testing exists is because of what they went through with September 11th. And September 11th victims are still being, and remains are still being identified to this day. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People are still getting phone calls. We found your loved one's remains. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Now, you said she had two big military-style duffel bags. Did you ever get any of those belongings? Because that might give you a clue. No. No. None of that. Huh. None of it. She was living with friends in New York City on the street, basically. She was living, like, crashing on couches. Yeah. So she would yeah, have she those duffel bags several, that she... Yeah. She had several aliases, correct? Yes. Like Erin O'Day, Judy O'Day. Um, yep. Tuffy O'Donnell, Judith Tuffy. <laughs> um, yes, was, those are all accurate. Five feet, 11 inches tall, which is pretty darn tall for a woman. She was yep. 140 pounds. She was an actress. Which is pretty darn skinny for a woman. Yeah, yeah, she was for gorgeous. Yeah, a woman that tall. Um, well, an actress and um, a very talented singer. Yeah. Um, she was 19 years old. Now, you said one of the places that she lived was a place called Covenant House. What's that? So it wasn't a place where she lived. It was a place where she spent time. There's a big distinction there. Covenant House oh. is a, um, a Christian-operated um, home for wayward children. So it's like a shelter. So... Judy would go there and my parents would call and say, your daughter's here. 
and and it wasn't a um it wasn't like a um um a law enforcement kind of thing your daughter's here come get her it was your daughter's here she's at risk she's in trouble um and so my parents would send money give her what she needed um but there wasn't much more they could do because at that point she was kind of she was already off the rails yeah but no, she but they that, tried they oh, tried to help ahead. her several times yeah yeah she, they tried to help her several times well that's good you said your parents have been largely silent i'm wondering if part of that is my own experience, which is that the old Irishman didn't talk. <laughs> and I'm wondering yeah, if I don't that know was if part of I don't think it has anything to do with nationality or, or um, national origin as much as um, it was, I don't know how old you are, what your background is, but um, at that I'm time... I'm You're almost 44? Yeah, I know it's that my grandparents, my grandparents, they didn't talk. <laughs> okay, so no. right, so the so the traditional roles of homemaker and provider <clears throat> were were definitely um, adhered to by my by my family, um, yeah. and the it was it was more um, keeping issues private. So it yeah, was a different time. Exactly. So when girls at that time, when girls got pregnant, for example, they would get a. It was called a semester abroad. It didn't mean they actually went to Europe. They may have gone to a nearby town, but if you uh-huh. were found in that condition, you were sent somewhere to have your baby. Um, yep. So it was. That it was to a. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a different time, and my oh, wow. dad. Um, who is still living, is a retired college professor. Oh. Um, so respected profession. And uh, my mother, rest her soul, was a registered nurse. Um, so they, had res- they were respected in the community. And because yeah. of where Judy was in her journey, um, mm. they weren't necessarily comfortable um, what they felt to be embarrassing themselves. Um, There were many people in our community, especially people that were associated with the Catholic high school who went missing around the same time. Um, And I believe, yeah. And I believe that um, that may have something to do with at least getting her to where she was. And here's what I mean by that. So I I have young kids. In fact, one kid's playing with Legos right now. I can see him through the glass doors. And one is upstairs playing with her dolls. Um, You don't go from playing with dolls one day and saying, I want to be a fireman, to becoming a prostitute. It doesn't work like that. Something happened along the way. Something happened along the way, and I believe it was at the hands of a Catholic. Yes, I mentioned that at the beginning, that um, she she and other kids were introduced to alcohol and possibly inappropriate things by a now defrocked priest? Yes. Um, my hometown, Oswego, New York, had just, uh, oh, my God, there's, it's so difficult to unpack how horribly um, infiltrated our town was. It, was. it was as though we were the dumping ground for bad priests. Um, some were 
taking money from the collection plate to do bad things with boys. Some were taking money from the collection plate to do bad things with women. Some just had, a, you know, regular man-woman affairs with women, others with their, um, the women that ran their, their rectories, um, the Monsignor. That part, though, would be better Pardon? if they allowed priests to get married and have a normal sexual life. So it's it's really it's not even about that. It's about people who are abuse isn't about sex. Abuse is about abuse is not about sex. No, Period. I know that. Hard I'm stop. talking about the ones that have affairs with women and stuff like that, not the ones that hurt yeah. children. Yeah, but you know what? No. That that's such a sidetrack from this conversation. That's true. That could spin off for hours. That's it's not relevant. It's not relevant. No, abuse it's not. is not sex. Abuse is abuse. Abuse is about power, Absolutely. and it has nothing to do with Absolutely. sex. Unfortunately, she was sexually abused, likely at the hands yeah. of a priest. I don't know the answer. I'm working on getting the answer, and I may never get it because they have been, um, once they were defrocked, they, they have not been forthcoming, particularly since I don't have a person who can produce evidence, namely my sister. Yes, that happened. Yeah, that's true. She also told a friend she was abused by a family member. So that is a, it's a friend who I never knew who reached out to me through Facebook and told me that. It's not something that I ever knew. So my mother staunchly denies that, um, or denied. I can't say she can deny it anymore. She's dead. Um, she staunchly denied that, so I don't know the answer to that. Now, I don't know the answer to that. More, yeah. Did you ever get any more pictures of Studio 54? Um, I know that she was known to hang out there, and, and, of course, I don't know what you found out about Andy Warhol and the guy that was writing the book. I know you were trying to find out. So, yeah, I really wish you would have given me a briefing because I could have prepared much better <clears throat> with lots of details. Um, I'm sorry. So that, that's all right, but it's it's hard. It's hard because this is a, you know, it's a 37-year disappearance, and I'm, I'm not getting any younger, so those kind of um, details are really <laughs> difficult to, to come up with on the fly. Um, so you went in two completely different places there. So the guy that wrote the – so – I'm friends with uh, Meryl Meiser, who is one of the lead photographers at Studio 54. Um, she was not able to produce anything for me that she took of Judy. She took mostly pictures of um, famous people. So she's got a incredibly deep catalog of all the people that were there. Um, the guy who wrote the book had no recollection. The challenge with um, the challenge with this is so for me um, as her sister. I have yeah. strong memories of um, the last moments, the last days, the last whatever. Um, but people who were in the moment, in the scene with her, she was um, not necessarily relevant to them. So wow. if I was able to get in touch with some of the people that so, – so even if they had taken pictures of her or written about her or something else, um, yeah. I'm not saying that her life was irrelevant or that she was invisible, but um, more that even if they could remember the famous people they took pictures of, they're certainly not going to remember the people in the gallery. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, right? So that's just a, a realistic yeah. way of viewing it. Um, I have also had people that have gone into New York and spoken with um, homeless people who are older. Unfortunately, um, you know, anyone who, who might have been alive then, if they've been living on the street, A, they would have died of disease or weather-related issues or sex-related issues or exactly. issues related to being homeless, right? But let's yeah, just exactly. throw out there that maybe there's one or two of them that are alive. They don't remember my sister. So um, the the wormholes we've been down are uh, of finding her alive. Are um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're just not yielding, and I don't expect that those will yield um, many answers. Yeah. Um, um, along the same lines, you it must have startled you because it certainly would have startled me. You saw your sister in some type of inauguration party video right um, right so january 19th 1981 was reagan's second inaugural and during his second inaugural i'm sorry his first inaugural um so it was carter was out the um not refugees what is the word um the the hostages the Iran hostages were um, released once Carter was uninstalled and Reagan was installed and I was glued to the television. My parents were somewhere, I don't remember where, and there was a concert for young people that was held in, in, in Washington and my sister was on the lawn under a light and I saw her face flash on the TV. I recognized my sister in a heartbeat. It was very obvious I could see her. And she probably flashed on that. And I was watching it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Judy's on TV. Um, I didn't think to record it. I probably should have, but I didn't. Um, and I told my parents when they got home, Judy was on TV. Um, unfortunately, neither the Carter nor Reagan um, library, so the, the Reagan library is in Santa Barbara, California, and that of Carter is in um, I believe Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not positive of that. No, it's not Atlanta. It's a different yeah, city. Like, anyway, um, so I reached out to the presidential libraries because the pre- you may or may not know this. I, like I've learned a lot of really crazy facts through this journey. Um, the presidential libraries hold all of the media. And it, I, I don't know. I, Donald Trump's is going to have to be like the size of Mars. Maybe that's why he's trying to colonize it. Anyway, um, all of the media is housed at the presidential library. Um, Right. And I have gone through every clip of the inauguration, every single clip that that the Reagan library has, and she's not on it. The thing that's crazy about that is that the station that originally aired um, thing, like from Syracuse, that was the the local media um, market, the station that initially aired the footage that I saw burned down um, not long after I really in in depth started the search for my sister. Um, And when I reached out to the network, the networks told me that they only hold film um, at the time. They were only holding film for about five years. So it was too late. I couldn't get any film from there. So they told me to reach out to the Vanderbilt, um, what is it called? Not the Vanderbilt News Library, but there's a name for it. I can't think of what it is right now. So I reached out to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt didn't have um, anything. They recommended that I reach out to 
um, the Reagan Library. So that's how I've like found like the various places. So for example, um, the guest list for um, the inaugural events, the guest list, the um, matches, the napkins, all that kind of stuff. Do you know where that is held? No. Take a guess. That's at Stanford University in their private collection. Huh? Oh, really? Stanford, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a um, those are so one of the things that we were contemplating was that if she was there as a guest of someone, which is possible, um, to to try to maybe get in touch with that person and figure out why the hell she was there. Um, but that's also just been dead ends because you um, and my I actually have a cousin who I, I probably ought to enlist to go there. Um, Maybe after this call, I'll call her. Um, but I've had, I've, I'm frustrated. Um, I can't even begin to imagine the frustration. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. Um, I really wasn't capable of doing this search in earnest until after September 11th. Um, September 11th was a really hard day for a, a, a lot of people. I lived in New York City at the time, and seeing the missing have you seen this person sign pretty much plastered, and, and all the signs obviously said since September 11th. Um, seeing all of those signs around New York City um, just crumbled me to the core. Um, yeah. So I, because I've been... Yeah, so I've been holding all this stuff in up until that point, um, you know, drinking a lot and whatever, doing anything I could do to avoid thinking about my sister. Not really avoid thinking about her, but avoid talking about it, avoid resolving it. Um, you know, I'd have lots of conversations with my siblings, my parents. You know, we'd always pray for her, but, but but praying, like praying for school shootings to end really amounts to a hill of beans of nothing in terms of getting anything done. Um yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Yeah. So you know, the the Jane Doe, the 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 Jane Doe, the Midtown Doe. I was hopeful that that might have been her. Um, it wasn't. She was ruled out finally, um, and it took them. I think it was two and a half years to finally give me. It was longer than that. It was like five years. I waited on the on the um, DNA comparison. The trouble with DNA comparison for anyone who's listening to this, the trouble with DNA comparison on TV, it's you know like they put it into the computer and five minutes later, or you know after the commercial break, you find out oh gee it's not the person. Um, but the reality is that while the University of North Texas is fantastic at what they do, um, you know if there's a if there's a um, a storm in the south and and bodies accidentally become exhumed. Um, they actually take precedence. Dead bodies whose families have already mourned them take precedence over missing people um, in terms of identification um, at the University of North Texas. I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. I actually had a great-great-grandfather that body washed up in a flood and they yeah. had to out of the cemetery and they had to reinter him, and nobody's sure they know the general area, but back then, nobody's sure where he is exactly. 
Right. So, but I mean, you kind of knew it was sacred ground. You could go. You could say hello. You could say your prayers. You could lay some flowers somewhere. Um, but yeah, it, so the University of North, Te- North Texas is fantastic, but it's not the B. It, it, it's it. I wish there was more funding so there could be more universities of North Texas. Um, the Heart Island Project. Are you familiar with the Heart Island Project? No. So the Heart Island Project. Long Island um, serial killer? No, not at all. Oh. Long Island serial ki- serial killer is something totally different. That's Gilgo Beach. No, um, Heart Island is um, off the coast of New York. Um, it's in, it's in the East River, I believe, and um, it used to be a penal colony, and it was um, changed to. Hmm. So they were and they were burying people there. Um, in catacombs, so they're burying people oh, like several yes. several bodies deep, right? So there's over yes. I want to say I've a million and a half people Island. buried there. Yes. Right, Way the heart. Back. That's right. Yes. So prisoners were used to dig the graves and bury people who, um, so for example, um, babies that were born stillborn, um, not always parents' permission, were buried at Heart Island. Um, people that didn't have identification were buried at Heart Island. Um, indigent people that couldn't afford a burial were buried at Heart Island. And the Heart Island Project, which is run by Melinda Hunt, it's Melinda, M-E-L-I-N-D-A, Hunt, H like Harry, U-N-T, um, she has been working on the identification of the people buried at Heart Island. I hope that Judy's there. Um and challenges so they've had are. Did they do that. I like, don't know do that right now. Period. I don't. I don't have. Like I said, if I had known we would go Hold into on, this I topic, I would have. I would have dug up the information. Right. Yeah, but you can find the Heart Island Project easily online. Um, when Hurricane Sandy. H like Harry, A like Apple, R like Richard, T like Tom. It's the Heart Island Project. Um, When Hurricane Sandy came through, um, it devastated many of the records. So even records that had been been there before um, that dated way back were just, they were lost. And it's not lost to um, the flooding to molding. Yeah. So there's been a lot of work that's gone into trying to recreate lots of records and save things. Yeah, anyway. I can only imagine the frustration of that. Yeah, so I mean, I've been I've been down innumerable mole hills and wormholes trying to trying to find yeah, Judy. Um, and imagine. Maryland, um, Maryland just won't even acknowledge. Yeah. We're out of time. Um, unfortunately, our time is up. Um, okay. Thirty minutes have unfortunately expired, but I would love to have you on again because there's way more to cover. As I said in the beginning, this case could be a made-for-TV movie, and I have a feeling she'd like it that way. <laughs> I, 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 I talked about my sister when I was on Chopped. Um, and I, I, yes, um, I am going to go take that up and watch it. That is so cool. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Um, so, cool. Well, I appreciate the, um, the opportunity. Will you send me the link? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, If you 
would like to join the conversation with us, um, you can join Judy's group. It's, it's more or less a diary of what I've done, um, and that is facebook.com slash groups slash looking for Judy. Still looking for Judy. Yeah. Not still looking. No, no, no. Please let me, let me, let me say it again, okay? So okay. it's facebook.com slash groups slash looking for Judy. That's the actual address. Okay for the group. Oh. Yeah. The name of the group is different, but the actual link is um Oh, okay. Right, facebook.com slash groups slash looking for Judy. So okay. um I appreciate Absolutely. the opportunity and I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you can come on again because I literally have like four more pages of notes. <laughs> That's funny. So. I feel like I've just yeah, well, talked through the through entire West half hour. Yeah. We went through this half hour in about 30 seconds, it felt like. Thank you yeah. so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and God bless. Have a wonderful Thank evening you so and much. weekend. You're yeah, very welcome. Happy St. Patrick's Day. All right. Yes, Thanks. happy St. Patrick's Day. From what All right. Take care. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yep. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye, everyone.